Check, check. No. Hello. Just talk like a normal human. Talk. That's way too quiet. Oh, really? Um, <clears throat> hello, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be in the bloopers. <laughs> Welcome to the Level Up with KDB podcast, where performance meets spirituality and you get all the tools you need to unlock your next level of badassery in life and business. I'm KDB, airline pilot, human design coach, side hustle extraordinaire and crazy cat lady, and I know what it's like to have a vision for your life that is so big that it feels bananas. (laughs) I know what it's like to be busy and still want to live an abundant and fulfilling life. And I know that you have everything you need to achieve all of that without burning out. I know you're going to bring your dreams to reality. How do I know? Because if I can do it, so can you. Each week, I and a series of guests will share human design insights, manifestation secrets, energetics and mindset tools that you can use to start stepping into your power as the conscious creator of your most aligned life. Buckle in, baby, because it's going to be a sweet, sweet ride. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Level Up with KDP podcast. I have got the coolest episode lined up for you. This is episode 50. I can't believe it. Can you believe it? (laughs) That's almost a whole year's worth of weekly episodes of this podcast. And I'm just beyond chuffed that you have spent the time hanging out with me. Today, I've got a super special guest. The first male to make it on the show. He gets to wear that crown. My dear husband, (laughs) he's trying really hard not to laugh at being called my dear husband, Captain Clay Bateman. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying not to laugh at many things, not just the husband, dear husband. (laughs) I don't think I've ever called you my dear husband in my whole life, but the podcast brings the funniest out of us. Um, I'm happy to have Clay here because... Actually, it is a bit of a, I guess, a sequel to episode 25, which was the first of the manifestation series where I shared with the world how our lives collided through the wonderful world of aviation, how I manifested my husband, you, into my life in the weirdest way through aviation as the portal to that. And so I think it's really cool that in this episode, we're going to tell everyone about how we have over the last, how many years is it that we've done this, manifested what was on our vision board? I did have a look. Uh, We made it between three and a half and four years ago. Okay. So we made a vision board, a digital vision board between three and a half and four years ago. And... It's just been kind of crazy because in the last month, no, probably the last six months, we've just really, all of it's come to life, hey? Well, yes and no. I think some of the things had happened a little bit earlier, but I think it's kind of really come together in a bit of a dramatic 
sense. Ooh, dramatic. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. So what I wanted to do, because yeah, I agree. A lot of our manifestations happened that were on the vision board came to life a few months ago, a few years ago. It's all kind of panned out. Not, it's not like, but it's all coming at the same time, but we're at the point now where I think everything on the vision board is now here. And so I think it's really cool that we can share our story because you and I both love manifesting. Um, I think I'm a bit more conscious about it than you are, but I love, I'm really grateful that you always get on board with my manifestations and you uh, allow me to guide you in communicating with the universe and all the things, all the weird and wonderful things that we do together to bring our manifestations to life. I think it's so cool that you do it with me and we do it together. And yeah, so I think this is a cool story for people to hear because there is a long path between visualization and the realization of any manifestation. And I think this whole episode is going to help kind of make other people realize that they can be comfortable in that. So first of all, I want to just explain what a digital vision board is and why we even made it in the first place. I actually don't remember the full, how we ended up with your screensaver being a full pictorial representation of what we wanted to create in our lives. So, Clay, what is a digital vision board and why did we even start? (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, I don't know what the impetus was for us to do it. Perhaps we were just feeling a... I'm not sure. Were we a bit adrift in our goals, perhaps? Yeah, maybe lacking direction. It's not something that you and I like to, we don't like to not have something to be working towards. So it might have just been a period where we were kind of goal setting and future visioning. It was about two years after the A320 endorsements. Mm -hmm. So I guess there was was probably a bit of a lull after a really active couple of years. I think that might have had something to do with it. Um, In terms of what it is, we just uh, went and found some photos of some things that were goals for us and whacked it together in a bit of Photoshop. And it's been sitting on as my desktop, my computer desktop background uh, for the last, as we say, just over three and a half years. Um, So I see it every day. Yeah. And I see it most days as well, walking past your office or coming to sit with you when you make me sit down and look at our bank details. <laughs> Spreadsheets. <laughs> Spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we got all these pictures together and I am going to link a picture in the show notes so you can see. But what is on there is uh, a few things. So uh, the different things that we were aiming towards manifesting were some tropical holiday some, I think that's first class actually, hey, first class travel in an aeroplane, financial growth, a strong, happy, healthy, loving relationship. Oh, a first novel. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when you said you wanted to talk about this, I went and had a bit of a deeper look because as I say, I see it every day, but I don't necessarily take in everything on there consciously. What it looked like as part of this retrospective the obvious one that stands out is travel um we've what of it's a picture of a beach a picture of monaco a picture of a as you say i think it's a emirates first class cabin 
So that it covers one aspect of our lives that is really important to us. Um, we've got two or three that sort of represent health and fitness and adventure, I suppose, as well. And fitness. We've got some that come into the more of the state of mind, I suppose. So the centerpiece is a photo of us together on our wedding um, reception. Looking very happy. Yeah. Looking quite young. <laughs> hey, I still look young. Don't you give do. me that shit. You do. Um, a little picture of a Buddha. I think the intention there was sort of that peace and a bit more stability internally, mm-hmm. inner. And, yeah, you mentioned there's two things on there that really stand out. There's a picture that says my first novel. Mm which I think we will probably talk about a bit. And there's a picture of us uh, in captain hats. We were both first officers at the time, mm. obviously setting the goal that we would eventually do captaincy, what we call commands. Which is interesting because I clearly remember at the time making this and I was like, I don't even care if I become a captain. Why am I writing? Mm. Like, why are we drawing this? Mm. Which I think is actually quite an interesting part of the manifestation process itself. Yeah, so we made, we got all these pictures together that represent things. And I think what's actually really interesting to note as well, we are not specific manifestors. So when we were building this vision board, it is more about the the energy that we wanted in our lives than the actual detailed description, fine-tunedness of what we manifested, right? Yeah, we didn't go on to realestate.com and... Find the put, house. Put a house and, <laughs> yeah. and put the address on there. Um, and, and I think that's something that works for us anyway. Yeah. So when we built our vision board, you know, I mentioned I didn't even know that I – I didn't even think I wanted to be a captain. So the fact that we put it on there in the first place seems kind of weird to me. But what about you? Did you think that – were you convinced that it would all come to fruition? Did you believe that – this financial abundance, all this beautiful tropical holiday, our health, because we have both got so much stronger and healthier since we made this vision board. Did you believe it was possible? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's two different questions. Um, I absolutely believe they're all possible. Um, I think anything is possible, and that's a different rabbit hole we can go down. But yeah, I, I believed it was all possible. Did I think it would all come to fruition? Probably less convinced on that. Like, I mean, as you say, you were really, in terms of the captaincy thing, that was really not in your plans back then. Um, so there was that. You know, did I think we'd be flying Emirates first class? Mm, thought it was unlikely. But again, it wasn't specific. I didn't need to sit in that exact seat. Mm. You know, like the, the way I would say that that has actually come into our real life has been the amount of holidaying we've been able to do in and a post-COVID world. And, and to be more specific, we, we got really lucky booking those, remember that Fiji Airways direct to Auckland from Fiji? Yeah. We got that for an absolute steal. That was only business class, but to me it's the same energy. It's the same yeah. outcome. It's luxury travel, right? Which mm. is, I mean, you and I are quite happy to go camping, but 
and will enjoy that as much. But on our vision board was luxury travel, and we've done so much of that in the last couple of years. So it's super cool. So I wonder, what do you think about this whole concept of the fact that there is stuff on there that at the time we put on not even really being that attached to it? You know, if you say this is between three and a half and four years ago, that was just around the time I started my business. So I was completely disengaged from even my, my aviation career. I was feeling really disillusioned. I was feeling pretty uninspired by it. So the fact that that is even on there to me is weird. Um, and what about the first novel? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. And I think they all kind of work together. I mean, if I think about the novel, I mean, there are things that I wanted to do in that space, but did I want it enough? Um, was it important enough to me? Or maybe maybe not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's where my energy is at at the moment. The other one that really stands out to me is the sort of the fitness and, and the health side of things because if you go back to that stage, I wouldn't have been in terrible shape, but I certainly wouldn't have been very fit, maybe skinny fat at best. Um, with bouts of uh, just fat in between over the, over the years, um, that's always been a struggle for me. And as you know, my fitness regime just sort of came to us by chance through yeah. the grapevine. Yeah, um, so I think that's quite an interesting story as well because a lot of people take for granted the synchronicities that drop in. I don't really think that they're synchronicities. I think they are all kind of part of the divine puzzle that is coming to pe- coming together to bring your manifestations to you. But so when Clay has never really liked working out, exercise has been more of a chore than a love. And I will have always been really worried about his health and trying to poke him into moving his body. And then one day I was flying with a captain whose girlfriend goes to a gym and he was telling me about the story, about how this gym works. And I thought, oh, that sounds like something Clay would actually stick to. So when I got home from work, I told him about it and he booked in a trial and we're 18 months down the track and you're the fittest and strongest you've ever been. And it's probably the most consistent you've been with your fitness and health regime in your life, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's because it's, I mean, to steal your sort of turn of phrase, it's something that's aligned with me. It's something I want to do. It's something I enjoy doing. Whereas before it was always trying to find ways to not be unhealthy, to not be fat. So mm. you're sort of going through the grind, whereas this is part of my life now. Yeah. Um, and I believe that finding something like that was, possible but i didn't think it was going to happen i wanted it enough to put it on that board Mm. Uh, but yeah i i am surprised by where we sit today you know in in a lot of these spaces but particularly the the physical place that i'm at the path that i'm going down in that, that space yeah you know what stands out most to me i think from all of everything that's on our vision board is that we set the intention we kind of I do vaguely remember us sitting down and having fun finding the pictures and putting it all together and the financial growth. We, I, I have a feeling we didn't purposely put a cap on it. It was like we just want to be building for a, a wealthy, abundant financial future. Mm. So we put that on there. We put the 
command upgrades on there for God knows what reason. It's so bizarre to me that that was on there and now here we are. And then everything we kind of just detached from. We kept on living our lives. We, as you say, we know it's on there. It's in our realm every day. We kind of see it, but we've never been obsessed with it and we've never been crunching towards any of this. It's just been part of almost effortless step-by-step process. And I think that that's really cool because manifestation, when we talk about it, can often seem like it has to be structured. It has to be part of a very intentional process. And whilst I do think that there is aspects of that, I think it was probably quite comforting for people to know you can have a vision, bring it to life, and then just live your daily life and, and end up moving towards it. What do you think is the most important thing that we've done that's impacted the success of these manifestations? The single most important thing? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, I think, again, when I look at this uh, vision that we set for ourselves, I find it's not restrictive, I suppose I would say. I think it is specific but it's not restrictive. So, you know, you touched on there is a, a picture that represents finances, but we didn't just use a, a picture of a, you know, a Scrooge McDuck tank or something like that. <laughs> um, what, what it is is, is it's um, uh, five piles of coins that grow slowly bigger with little trees c- coming out of them that grow slowly bigger from left to right as well. So I think that, mind, that mindset sums up what we were about Mm. and i think you can see that through the whole image it's there are a few that are a bit more specific sure but in general it's more thematic and i think that helps holding those things in your day-to-day life is a lot easier than having a specific restrictive ideal yeah and you're always saying to me you know don't try and control the process don't try and you know, control the outcome or I'm not sure exactly how you phrase it, but, you you know, letting it happen and seeing how it happens. And that fitness side of things is a real good example of that. We could never have forced it to be that way. And I do think there's a, a fine line between not being specific enough and being too restrictive on what you're trying to bring into your life. I think you have to have a bit of flexibility, but a strong guiding principle. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I have come to believe that the most important, the single most important thing to a successful manifestation process is knowing what your values are. What do you actually value in your life? And all of the things on our vision board represent different aspects of my core values. Um, And, you know, Without being in your brain, I feel like they accurately represent a lot of your core values as well. One of my core values, which I have in the past felt a bit shameful about, but I'm starting to be loud and proud about it, is luxury. And I think luxury means different things to different people. I know what it means to me. And a lot of what's on this has to do with luxury. Even being fit and well supports my core value of luxury because it means that I get to go and enjoy adventure holidays which to me is luxurious do you know what I mean totally Uh, I mean yeah it's an interesting word because like you say it holds different connotations for different people and it's funny because to you 
you can see on there luxury yeah okay nice plane seat but there's a picture of a person mountain biking and doing adventures and yeah i think you want adventuring comfort whereas to some people it means handbag cars or something not crawlers <laughs> um, but yeah i mean knowing knowing what you're after uh, i think is pretty important is it the most important oh you're the expert <laughs> yes i am <laughs> no i think it, i truly believe it is because then what happens is you it means that you don't have to grab onto things. It means you don't have to hold too tightly because your values are driving every action that you're doing each day from an unconscious level. So you don't have, it's almost effortless because as long as you are living in a way that is in accordance or in alignment or supporting your core values, you're ultimately going to, you know, as long as you've got your eyes somewhat on the prize, you're ultimately going to end up at the destination that is either what you wanted or something better. And yeah, I think that that is a huge aspect of it. What do you think is the biggest thing from your perspective that derails a successful manifestation process? Well, uh, it's a bit reductive, but I really think the restriction, the super hyper-specific focus is, is a negative. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but if... I, I know from my own life, if I had have ever been given the keys to write the script, you know, um, whether you're a five-year-old and, you know, you write down you're going to be an astronaut and you plan out a five-year-old's life or you do it at 15 and you're going to do X, Y, and Z or you do it at 25, our life is very different. I would never have predicted any of this, but I wouldn't change it for anything. So I think, I think that same restriction of... Uh, hyper specificity I, I think it was what makes people unhappy as well as uh, derailing manifestation personally mm, tell me more about that well fixation you know if you i mean again bring it back to the the picture if you want a, a nice holiday that ticks x y and z box it's a lot easier to fulfill that than it is i must stay at level 45 of the penthouse, Dubai. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think sometimes the more specific you are, the, the more you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm. I mean, it's good to have goals and all that sort of thing, but. Well, I think that supports your idea of wanting to feel a certain kind of way instead of have a particular thing, you know, like you manifesting to achieve a certain quality of life or a sort of feeling in your life rather than to manifest actual things i want to know what your interpretation or your relationship with the universe is do you call the universe the universal god um oh do i call it universe or god probably universe do you, do you think of the universe as god yeah do you mm. <laughs> what um, do you think the universe's role in this process is? Far out. This is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> no, just yeah. give us a brief summary. I know you can rant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee. Um, um, well, I mean, the universe is everything. Like, I, I think, you know, it's interesting you 
use God or universe. And I mean, I think sometimes, again, we as humans don't be offended. I know sometimes you get offended, but my big thing is we are still an animal in a lot of ways, you know, and I'm not meaning this in an insult, but our brains, our brains like to make things simple and look for patterns and stuff like that. By talking like this, again, this is limiting by saying, oh, what is the universe's role? I mean, the universe is everything. And I think its role is, it can't be just reducted to a a factory of providing this and taking that and punishing here and, Mm. you know, making X happen, making Y happen. It's everything. It's good and bad. It's, uh, it's. I guess the term is almost like a sandbox, if if that term means anything. You like it, everything that can and will be. You know, mm. I think we like to make patterns as the monkey part of our brain that says X plus Y equals Z. But realistically, it's anything is possible. Mm. Do you think that's why religions have deities? in the first place is so that we can use our human brain. Our human brain can understand an almighty energy that is so hard to encapsulate in any word or name, but then it allows us to focus and make sense of something that is so, in some respects, nonsensical. Like it doesn't make sense to our human brain that sheer expansiveness of the universe and creation and all of that yeah i mean absolutely um i I mean we've talked about this before but i think it's uh edwin abbott and the story flatland oh is this with the different dimensions yeah so i i mean i think i came across it i want to say in cosmos by carl sagan but i could be wrong um but yeah, I mean, the the long and the short of it is, if you could imagine yourself or someone else as a person, but only in two dimensions, so you're a line, you know, um, and the whole world is in two dimensions. So the for the simplest explanation, remove height. Everything has a length and a width, but no height. Single single pixel high, if you like, thinking computers. Um. That's fine. You can live your whole life like that. It's obviously more limiting than a 3D world that we live in. Great. And if if you were living your happy old 2D life and someone from 3D land walked around the corner and said, oh, hi, hi, Katie, how are you going? Um, well, you wouldn't even be able to see that person. They could be above you, you know. It, it's so far outside of, one, your frame of reference, Two, what your mind can comprehend, and three, what your physical body senses can actually perceive. So, yeah, I think I think sometimes we forget how limited we are because I mean we don't know. We have been born onto Earth. We've evolved the tools that we've needed to. I'll say thrive. I think that's reasonable uh, to thrive on on this planet in this part of the the universe. 
Um, and that's great, but I don't necessarily think we can forget about how limited our perception is to what what even we know is out there, let alone all the things we discover every, you know, every month, every year, every decade. So it sounds like you think that actually our humanness and our somewhat limited capacity to identify our humanness is one of the limiting factors of manifestation. Yeah, I mean, the the classic saying is you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this case it's a little bit it's a little bit trite because we do if you really sit and think if if someone like me can <laughs> say something like that like we can realize how limited our perception our knowledge is um that's the exciting thing about being alive at this time like literally you go on the internet and every day there's a new something that sort of throws questions on what we understand about our place in in the universe um but that can be scary and i think that's why we just prefer to deal with what's in front of us the x plus y equals z that is a bit more predictable. Mm. You know? It feels safe, hey, because our brains like the familiar and really don't like the unknown. And everything about the cosmos and so much of what is actually the energies that we're working with on planet Earth, but also all the things outside of our planet and our solar system that we don't understand. We try and pretend that we understand quite often, and I think that's quite limiting, hey? Yeah, I mean, I don't know still has a bit of a stigma, mm. you know, it's, as in the phrase. It's, it's, I suppose, changed a little bit in recent years that it's okay to have doubt, have question, um, and obviously, you know, the great thinkers and people in academia are always asking questions, but but still in, in a personal sense, a lot of the time it's, people don't like to say, I don't know. Mm. You know, I think that's a, probably an ego thing. So how do we overcome this to have a more easeful and successful manifestation process? How do we create with more ease, even though that this is a limitation that we know most humans face? I, I think a big part of it is acceptance. Which sounds weird when you're talking about making changes in your life, but I think when when people that are much more active in this manifestation space, they, they often talk about not coming from a place of lack. I think that's important because I think you can twist yourself in knots. Again, whether it's by going for something specific or focusing on a lack of something, um, I, think, I think those probably derail. I think accepting that there, there's a lot you're not going to understand. It's not like one day you just wake up and you can see the code in the matrix and all of a sudden, <laughs> you, you know, like things are just falling out of the sky in front of you. I, I think it's a little bit more subtle than that. I don't understand it. I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I don't know, but I think these are the things that we have found have worked for us. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my... I think one of the best mantras I have that supports our manifestation process is 
I'm open to being surprised and delighted because it keeps me, it reminds me that I don't fucking know. I don't know how things are going to drop in. And it also reminds me to stay in touch with the energy of surprised and delighted. Like when I got the the other side of my command training, I mean, I'm still in this space where I'm genuinely surprised and delighted that I manifested it. And it seems like such a mundane thing because it's a job promotion. It's not, it's not like I manifested a gold-plated Ferrari. And I think that's why a lot of people miss the surprise and delight in their life because they're not in that search or openness to receiving the surprise and delight. And knowing that it actually sometimes comes through into your 3D reality in the most plain Jane ways, you know, but by saying I am open to being surprised and delighted, it means that I admit I have no idea how the things that I want are going to drop in. And it also helps me stay really closely in touch with the fact that I am actually being surprised and delighted every day. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good way to live, isn't it? Like, I think it's quite freeing to focus on things like, yeah, being surprised and seeing the spontaneity in life instead of that, you know, that routine, that pattern. Uh, I think that's a great way to live. And I think it does open up the universe to put things in your path. Mm, I love that. So just by being open to the possibility, you have created more potential for things to drop in, possibly. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, at the end of the day, if in some ways look at the words being open and ready to receive, right? Ready to receive, pretty self-explanatory. But thinking about the open, you have to be out there in a sense. So for us, for my gym and fitness life, you had to be out there and you had to uh, bump into someone that gave you a bit of knowledge that came to me and, and a chain reaction stuff. The other thing I think you've talked about is aligned action, and I think that works with it as well. But if I was to hide in my house, as I want to do sometimes, <laughs> um, it doesn't leave a lot of openness to external factors to come in and change up your life and again that's that's the familiar that's the safe but again if you want things to come in and make some oh i don't want to say changes perhaps improvements there has to be a a door that those can get through i guess is, Mm. is a way to put that i think what you've just described is being an active participant in life and letting that be part of the portal to your manifestations dropping in yeah, I mean, I'm a terrible fisherman, but there's you don't, you know, in general fishing, you don't get out there with a club bashing the fish on the head. You do what you need to do, and then you wait for the fish to come to you. Mm. Um, again, okay. I wouldn't be taking fishing advice from me. <laughs> but no you're a good manifester, so we'll take <laughs> manifestation advice from you. Okay, I am super curious about, so obviously you are a guy who lets me talk to you about all sorts of weird and wonderful, probably less than mainstream spirituality, manifestation. But not only that, you get on board and you 
we work together to create our life. I think there's probably a lot of people out there that don't have partners that either believe or support. And I want to know what your advice would be. Do you think that there's anything that people can do to convince that particularly the males in their life, because I, I do feel that men are not particularly as receptive to this sort of conversation as women. Do you think that there's a, a crack in the door to help men get on board with this? Mm. Oh, this is such a downer answer, but I feel my personal belief is this is a really personal journey. Mm. I think that we all find our own path forward. I mean, and that applies to everything, but this in particular, I don't think you can be persuasive. Um, I think life reveals itself to people at different times and people are ready to listen to certain things at, at different times. And I think this is one that, it's hard because I, I, I understand the energy of that question and how important it is to have someone that you can talk to about with these, especially, like you say, these sort of um, off-the-beaten-path ideas because I think this is the things that excite me about life. You know, it's not, it's not the A to B, all the stuff you can touch and see. I did not mean to rhyme there. That's annoying. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the day-to-day humdrum, yeah, it is what it is. But I think it's the mysteries of, of this world we're in that are really what is, is the most exciting. But having said that, I don't think you can force it on people. You know, if you think about some of the conversations we've had with people, um, you know, in our life about different things and some people just aren't ready. But it is a shame if they can't at least be supportive. Yeah. But there's there are people out there that can, even if it isn't your direct partner, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think the internet has given us, that's one of the best things, is community with people who are like-minded, which can be troublesome, right? We don't want to <laughs> surround ourselves in echo chambers. But having said that, if you can meet up with people and build friendships that allow you to talk about all the things that get you excited. I mean, think I, I always reference when I signed up for Psychic Circle with Marina and I just went because I wanted to practice witchcraft and learn witchcraft. And then what has evolved from that has been crazy mind-blowing. And I've also just developed the most beautiful friendships. And that is just from me saying yes to going and hanging out with a group of strangers on the internet mm. and doing Psychic Circle, a beautiful, nourishing space. And I think a lot of it actually, even when, if you don't have people that support you in your life on these types of journeys is to be brave enough to say yes to yourself and know that you can indulge in your interests and spend time cultivating them unapologetically with people that support you. There are people out there, even if it's not your closest. Yeah. And I mean, I guess support, I think should always be given to the people you care about, you know. Uh, Interests, perhaps not, but, like, we should all be supporting the people that we're close to whatever they're doing. Clay's interested in manga. Is that what it's called? Yes. (laughs) 
which is Japanese comic books, which is actually quite cool. And I support him, <laughs> but I'm not that interested. <laughs> Probably in the same way that there's lots of things that he supports me and that you're not interested in. I think that's super awesome advice. I also just wanted to know if you have any just last words of wisdom for people that are maybe in a place where they're not particularly happy right now because you are not always the happiest chappy. <laughs> I'm definitely a more high vibe energy probably on the whole than you are mm. and I know that you've had trouble at times seeing the beauty and the surprise and the delight in life and I think it's really cool to hear how you have created a life that I think you love. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, oh, look, I hate to be that guy, but I think having the fitness has been a big change. Health, physical health. Well, yeah, I mean, the classic one for me is um, the gym, the training that I do. There's a few different locations. And one day I drove to the wrong one and didn't do my training. And it is what it is, but I was driving home and I genuinely felt depressed because I'm normally at that point have recovered enough to, to have some endorphins coming through as opposed to just trying to catch my breath. I think that's a massive part of it. I think, I think as much as we all hate to hear that when we're not finding something that we want to do, for, for mm. our health and fitness, it's like someone telling you what to do. Yeah. But it has worked for me in a big part. Well, that's interesting. I've never thought about that. And also, interestingly, I've always been very physically active and loved it and also a little bit more high vibe than you. So maybe there is a direct correlation. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's probably a minimum threshold yeah. that, that people need. Um, to just have, have the blood pumping and, yeah. So uh, what you're saying is that when life feels tricky, when you might not be happy with your external circumstances, if you can at least look after your physical health, that that could be the gateway or the catalyst to something bigger, manifesting more. I think, I mean, even just more than manifesting, but I suppose it's manifesting a, a life change in a way. But I think that's a pretty important first step. Um, I think that can springboard you into whatever comes next because you, you get more of your mind, you get more of your faculties to make those changes. I, I believe anyway. Mm. Um, and then whatever you do next is going to be that little bit easier. But, yeah, and making a change is, is important, you know. Um, there has, not only have we brought all these things into our life, but we have made a lot of changes as well over the journey. And in, we haven't changed jobs, but we have changed our attitude around bringing work home with us in terms of the mental side of it. We obviously don't, we don't take out actual work home but you know you take your mental the side of it and that baggage can come with you and i think we're getting better at not doing that so if you're going to be making changes in your life you've got to have as much of a level head as you can mm. and 
Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah, look, I've had a good time. (laughs) Hopefully there's something usable in there. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I feel grateful that you support me on my podcast journey. And you guys don't know this, but every time I record, I banish Clay to his bedroom because (laughs) he's noisy AF in the (laughs) next room. (laughs) So I wouldn't be able to do it without him being quiet as a mouse. Uh, just like I wouldn't have been able to manifest all the great things that we've manifested together. What are you grateful for, Clay? Mm. Today. Today. I just want to say you. <laughs> you make me blush. <laughs> yeah. uh, now they'll all be laughing at me. Yeah. yeah. I'm grateful for you too. We're gazing at each other lovingly and you can vomit now. <laughs> All right, team. Well, that's it for episode 50. Holy shitballs. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me on this incredible ride. You know I love it. I'm so, so beyond grateful for you tuning in and listening and sharing with all your friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll have to plan something fabulous for episode 100. Um, But yeah, thanks for joining us. And I look forward to catching you next week. Until then, take care. Keep milking the shit out of life and I'll catch you in the next episode.